to another episode of the No Further Comments podcast, the Basketball Insider Edition. This is episode number 19. I'm your host, Alex Meacham. And Bearcat fans, we have a show for you today. But let's take care of a couple things first. We're going to talk a little bit about social media. You can hit up the podcast on Twitter and IG at NFC Podcast. You can also check us out on Facebook, No Further Comments. Now, you can always hit me up on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook, Alex Meacham. And I'm also on Snapchat for all the young folks out there, at Big Meach 41. Now, this is episode number 19. And if you get a chance, go back and listen to episodes 17 and 18. Those are two of our biggest podcasts number-wise we've ever done. I'm telling you, man, the, the, the guests on that show were so good. Nick Campbell is on episode 17, and for those that haven't heard it, uh, he's a high school basketball player in Las Vegas who was shot in the chest twice during the Las Vegas mass shooting that occurred. He survived and he's preparing for his high school basketball season this year. Just an inspirational story. And episode 18 uh, features Ryan Custer, the uh, elder high school star who went on to Wright State, who after he finished his freshman year at Wright State, had a tragic accident, and he's currently paralyzed. So this kid goes from playing a college basketball game one day, and the next day he's paralyzed and can never play basketball again. So when you get a chance, uh, please check those out. Now, let's, let's get into it here. Now, we usually come into the smooth sounds of the iconic rapper Big Daddy Kane. But today, we've made an exception because we have a special guest. The song that we came into is 99 Problems by Jay-Z off the Black Album from 2004. Now, the song is produced by Rick Rubin, and for those that don't know, the song originally comes from Ice-T. For all young people, Ice-T, you've probably seen him as an actor. You've seen him on Law & Order. Ice-T was a rapper, and he had a song called 99 Problems. And that's where Jay-Z and Rick Rubin got that from. So, that song leads me into our special guest note. So, please listen to, to kind of the history of our guest here. Originally from Clayton, North Carolina, where he was the all-time leading scorer rebounder and shot blocker at his high school he's the only player in north carolina high school basketball history to record a quadruple double i don't even know how you get a quadruple i couldn't even man so then he committed to the university of cincinnati he was the first freshman to start the season opener since lance stevenson he finished his high uh, his bearcat career in the 1,000-thousand club, points and rebounds, and he earned the nickname The Problem. And he's now with the Houston Rockets. Houston, we have a problem. I'd like to welcome in Gary Clark. Gary, what's going on, man? Not much. Good, man, good. So uh, for, I, I got to start with this first, okay? We, we come into Jay-Z's 99 Problems. Now, Jay-Z is my favorite rapper of all time. Gary, he, he's the uh -huh. GOAT. Like, it's Jay-Z, and then the next closest person's like three. There is no two. Jay-Z occupies one and two for me. 
I saw <laughs> on your Instagram you met the goat, Jay Z. Yeah, I did. It was it was crazy because like I was a little kid with like butterflies <laughs> sitting in the back room, like waiting for him to come in, and I heard his voice, and I was like, "Yo, that's Jay Z right there." And I didn't even know how to ask. Honestly. <laughs> that's crazy. So, what'd you call him? Did you call him Jay? Did you call him Hove? What, what, what? How'd you address him? I uh, he just he introduced himself as Jay Z, and I'm like, "Dude, I already know you are," <laughs> but I appreciate it. But I just called him Jay. You know, it was, just, it was just one of those moments, like, he sat down, me and him and CP were just, like, you know, talking away. It was just, like, unreal for me to be just sitting there talking to Jay-Z. Yeah, now, was he familiar with you? Uh, no, I mean, Chris introduced me and told me a little bit about myself. So, you know, he started asking me questions about Cincinnati, you know, the, uh, how, how my career was there and stuff like that. Okay. That's what's up. Now, did you get to meet Beyonce? I did not. She was getting ready. <laughs> okay, okay. But hey, you, you, you met Jay. So, Jay's my goat. Who's your goat? Ooh, I probably, I probably have to give it to Jay-Z, too. There you go. Like, when I was just doing the concert, I was like, dang, I forgot he had all these bangers. I know, right? So, was that your first Jay-Z concert? That was. Okay, and you went with Chris Paul? Yeah. Okay. That's 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 what's up, man. So I've been to, I want to say maybe fourteen or fifteen Jay Z concerts in my life. I don't nice. think I, yeah, man. I don't think I've missed one since he's had. You know, he, he goes on, you know, a tour every year. He puts out an album or every two years or whatever. So I have not seen this show yet with Beyonce, but how was it? It was really good. Okay. It was really for my first time seeing either of them. Yeah, I was impressed. Okay, good deal. All right, so let's let's talk about your time with the Cincinnati Bearcats. And I've been around the Bearcats program, you know, since I was a little kid, since I was nine years old. And being a former player, I, I think I've seen a lot of players put on that red and black. But there have been very few, Gary, that have managed to capture the hearts of the fans in Cincinnati like you did how do you think you connected with the fans so well like how did that happen i'm not sure i just think like my interaction with them outside of like you know them seeing me on the court you know a lot of people see me out at dinner you know see me out in public at the mall and i'm like just genuine and like you know i treat everyone the same like i see a little kid whispering to his dad i make it i make sure that like I make him, I acknowledge him. Right. You know, so it's just those little things like that. I, I, I feel like it's what really, really did it. Where do you get that from? I'm not sure. I just know, I, I just think about me as a kid and how, like, that affected me. And I also think about, like, uh, you know, my little brother. I have a 10 year old little brother who, you know, everything, he adores everything I do. So I'm like, you know, if he feels that way, I can only imagine how a little kid feels or someone that really looks up to me. Right. No doubt. So when you played, the one thing I will say about when you played, you were such a blue-collar player. You, you came in and you got the job done. I mean, you, you started the season opener as a freshman, and, you know, you obviously had a, had a stellar career. But there, there was one thing about you, Gary. Um, there have been players that I played with um, that played after me that had a lot of flash that attracted fans. 
um, and, and just different personalities where you came in and you just you let your game speak for you and 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 basically you know if you look at the midwest with cincinnati a lot of people in this town are hard-working blue-collar people and i think a lot of the people here looked at you and said you kind of represent our city you come in and you let your game speak for yourself Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, just, I knew going into Cincinnati, I wasn't sure if I was going to play. You know, I was really nervous just trying to get an opportunity to, like, get on the court. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do everything, like, in my power to just be, like, you know, impress coach, ask a million questions, and you know, whatever it took to, like, show that I'm ready. So I think just, my first thing was just let me just try to play hard and do exactly what he did. That was like the one thing his favorite line was like, get the job done. Mm-hmm. He would prefer to I got to play guys that's going to get the grass cut. Yep. And and that was like, you know, my thing that I just kind of live by is like, I have to do what I have to do to get on the court. Right. And, and I can't accept anything less. Yep. So give, give us your best, uh, your best UC story. Uh, I want to say in my first year, we uh, we went to the Bahamas for uh, for um, a little preseason, little vacation slash play. And mm-hmm. uh, coach, you know, I think it was like he gets fourteen days, fifteen days before mm-hmm. to uh, have practice, full practice. So you know, these full practices, everybody keeps explaining to us how crazy practice is going to be. Three and a half hours. Whatever, whatever. And I'm like nervous already. But like one of the last, like, so practices, you know, we run, we ran a lot, getting ready for these games. And probably like the second, the day before we left for the Bahamas, everybody's excited. Something happened between some of the guys. I don't know what happened, but like, it was just a little argument in study hall or something. And we had to go run that day. We didn't even practice. Mm-hmm. We just went down to the gym. He put a trash can under each basket <laughs> on the ends of the floor. Right. And we had to do a tip drill. And, like, for I think it was, like, for 10 straight. And if anybody dropped the ball, we had to restart. Yep. And immediately, like, two minutes in, somebody dropped it. And we had to do it, like, four times. That's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Really? And that's, that's when I knew I was like, Coach Cron is not his Ocho. He's not messing around. Yeah, for sure. So so I actually met you on one of your recruiting visits. You probably don't even remember this. Do you kind of thing. So do you remember you came to a football game? And you yes. were, you were at tail because Larry Davis recruited you, correct? Did, did Coach Davis was he was he the main recruiter on you? Yeah, he was the main. Yeah, he was he was he was my guy. Yep, and and I remember uh, you were at the tailgating um, at one of the, okay. the football games, and and we had met, we had talked a little bit, and I, I believe Eric Hicks came over, and you guys kind of bonded over talking North Carolina and, and the Carolinas, if if I remember correctly, and and you know you know you you got to know Eric pretty well, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, Eric's crazy. I did. That's my guy. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a, he's another guy 
that Gary that fans love that dude. I mean, he he basically came in here and he maximized all his ability. Like he when when Eric left here, people said we got 100% of Eric Hicks. It must be something down there in North Carolina, the Carolina area, that that both you and Eric have that same type of uh, mentality. He obviously he's got a, a little crazier personality than you, but must be something down there, man. Yeah, no, nah, definitely something in the water. <laughs> now, are you, are you planning exactly to come back that. to come back to any games um, and check out the Bearcats this season? Yeah, I hope so. I hope I can get some get to a game or two. Maybe like I was thinking, like just depending on our schedule and where I am. Yep. Be able to like catch the guys in action, especially in the new arena. Oh yeah, I know. And you, so you played your your last season away from campus. How was that? Yeah. You know, it is what it is. In my opinion, you know, that's how I had to approach it. You know, senior year, but it definitely was. You know, the way we went out with a bang, it kind of, you know took away the fact that I didn't get to play on campus my last season, but mm-hmm. it was still fun. It was a good experience. I wish I would have been able to play on campus, but hey, we went out on top. Yeah, no my doubt. Opinion, with all the, accomplish- the accomplishments we did as a team. Yep, it was a great season. So, you go undrafted, and I know there's some players that have, you know, aspirations to play in the league, and they go undrafted, and they kind of fold. Um, they don't, they just kind of, uh, I wouldn't say give up, but they're, they're crushed and they don't ever recover. How was your mentality when you went undrafted? I kind of knew that I had an opportunity of not getting drafted. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, you know, I knew that going in it, but I think just whatever, I knew whatever happened is not going to define like how hard I play, who I am. but Because I, I put myself in such a position that my name was talked about, you know, all throughout pre-draft. My name was talked about, you know, during the draft, you know, seeing my name pop up. So I knew, like, I've been underrated my whole career up until, you know, now. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that, like, I was going to have an opportunity to show everyone what I got, and I'll be able to, like, you know, put myself in a good position. Yep. So I really, I, I was, it was upsetting, you know, because my whole family had dinner and had friends and family come through to like, and experience the moment with me. But, you know, all of them were emotional. But for me as a player, as a competitor, I knew, like, okay, this is only more fire under me to make sure that, like, you know, this time next year I'll be where I want to be and everyone that didn't believe in me will see what, dang, this kid Clark, you know, really, you know, really did it. Because I told my family, everyone, they're like, oh, you made it, you made it. They see pictures of me in my jersey. I'm like, no, I haven't made it. When I, when I, My third contract, whatever it is, however I got to get it, that's when I'll be able to say, hey, I made it. But, like, this first year, my first three years, you know, I'm still, like, you know, I'm still fighting to, to stay above water. Right now I'm trying to get above water because, you know, I'm, I'm here, but a lot of guys get to this point. And a lot of guys don't make it past year one or make another year where they consider they're on the team. Mm-hmm. So, so explain so to I'm us. The, to... Explain to us the contract you do have. It's a two. Is it a two-way contract? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's the agreement we agreed upon. You know, right after the draft. But uh, I ended up signing like an actual roster spot. Okay. 
So, like, as of now, you know, it's just a conversion to a two-way, meaning if they end up signing someone else, like an older guy, mm-hmm. they can convert mine back to a two-way. Okay. Or they can leave it up. Okay. So it just puts it in a situation where, you know, right now it's the extra roster spot open. Mm-hmm. Now, if I play well during these exhibition games, you know, whatever the case may be, I put myself in a good situation to keep me up. Or they can convert it, and they, get, they got me for 45 games. And then after those 45 games, they got to, you know, convert me right back up mm-hmm. to an uh, actual roster spot. So it's just a really flexible contract, basically. And it, and I have the, pretty much, they have a lot of power of it. But, like, right now, it's in my hands to go play well in these exhibition games. I played well in training camp last week. So now let's just go play well in these games and, you know, you have, you're in your driver's seat right now. Pretty much is how I'm looking at it every day. So what do you what do you have to do to to maintain your position there? So let me give you a, a quick story. So my college coach Bob Huggins, um, he would always tell us a story about Corey Blunt. Corey Blunt played at UC, got drafted, and he tells the story that he told Corey Blunt, "Listen, your first year, if you do the following." you will have a long career. You are going to rebound, you're going to defend, and you're going to get the ball to the superstars. If you do those things, you have a long career. And Corey did those things, and he had a long career. What do you have to do? The cool thing about this team that I'm on right now, it's like no other team in the NBA. And like I, when they were telling me this at the beginning, I'm like, I, you know, all the teams roughly are the same, you know. You guys run the same shit. Like, no. Like, here, if you know, people that's been keeping up recently, it's like Houston shoots a lot of threes. <laughs> yep. So, like, I have to be able to make a three consistently. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to defend at a high rate. And, like, that's it. You know, they don't say, you know, rebounds are, are a plus. And even making a shot is a plus for me. But, like, right now they just want me to, need me to defend at, like, the highest rate that I can be in. Like, not just being weak side, shot blocker. No, like, sitting in front of a guy and guarding guarding a, a LeBron, switching on to, a, like, a Kimba or a Kyrie, and then also being able to hold my own in a post against somebody bigger than me. Now, how, how does that feel that, that you, ha- you have to, night in and night out, you might have to guard different guys that are superstars, like you mentioned, LeBron, Kyrie, I mean, Kimba, guys like that. I mean, those are all three different players. I think it's just like, you know, I come in with a chip on my shoulder knowing I come from one of the top defensive schools in the in the country. Absolutely. You know, all four years we defended. So, like, for me, it's like, you know, this is this is nothing, you know. You know, I'm not running around, pressing, trapping, you know, <laughs> flying all over the place. You want me to just stay in front of this guy? Yeah. And shut him down? I can do that. So you're so, so you're, just for me, that's my approach to it. Even though these guys are all stars and like all amateurs, you know, I feel like guarding James Harden in practice and see Chris Paul and Carmelo, you know, you really really gets you ready for any other player in the league. Now I'm glad you brought that up. There are quite a few superstars on that team, and Chris Paul, you guys have had a, had a relationship for a while. You've known him for. I mean, since you were, was it high school or before high school? Oh, high school. Okay, high school. You Did you play for CP3? Yeah, I did. Okay. I played with him for two years, my freshman year, and since last year, junior year. Okay. 
Good. And how how has CP3 been with you this 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 whole experience? It's been really good. All the guys are because they didn't have they didn't have rookies last year, or so they so they've been like like in zone and like in, in, like really liking the fact that they have rookies and me, Vince, Rob Gray, and Isaiah Hartenstein. So for us, it's like you know they're always teaching us. You know, especially Chris, he loves to like show you different things to like keep you like ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they I like, you know, P.J. Tucker, you know, like just the way how hard he plays and just being able to you know, kind of learn from these guys is, like, really cool because, like, you know, these are all-stars. are going to probably be Hall of Famers. Like, why wouldn't you, like, listen to them? No you doubt. Know, I, I watch, I'm like a little kid. I watch everything they do. <laughs> you should. And, that, and that's the great thing, too, Gary. You're around a guy with Chris Paul who I think he, he cares about how you do on the court, but he probably cares more about you learning the business off the court. Would you agree with that? I totally agree. You know, that's one thing he says, you know, about our team now is like, he said, we police ourselves. Coach, coach doesn't have to worry about anything, or, you know, any of us doing anything crazy because, you know, we're men. We, we got to be able to police ourselves and carry ourselves a certain way. That's why our coach has so much trust in us. Yep. No, no doubt. I've, I've been around Chris before on a couple different occasions. We have a mutual friend who I think you met, Jamal Lucas. He was at Houston's uh, training. Oh, yeah, camp. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did meet him. Yeah. I did meet him. Yeah, I did. he said he brought me up to you. He did. Yep. He did. Yep. So that's that's one of Chris's guys right there. So that's the shoe plug right there, man, Jamal. <laughs> I know. He, yeah, CB introduced me and decided, you know, he went. He was he was kind of giving me game on him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Jamal's one of my he's one of my best friends, man. Great, great, great person. And that's the one thing, man. You keep surrounding yourself with with great people. And whatever Chris says, he's a true professional, man. Make sure you you know continue to absorb that. Um, now, one thing I want to jump back to was you were talking about practice and what's it like. Uh, an NBA practice. You hear a lot of different things about an NBA practice. You hear some teams don't even practice at all because it's too grueling of a season. Uh, some go at it. Um, how's it been so far with Houston? Polar opposite of what I'm used to at Cincinnati. <laughs> we just like it's like an hour and a half hour practice. You know, it's progressions. You know, from you know offense going through plays, defense, the rotations, and then we play a little bit of. You know, a segment of all like offense versus defense, where we just focus on just defense one segment for ten minutes, and then the next segment is like and then breaking down plays and so forth. Mm-hmm. Play just one game, three. We we'll play three games, three or four games to to three budgets, and then that's pretty much it. You get your work in before and after practice. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff you have to do on your own, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at at this point, at this level, you're a professional. So a lot of stuff is is required of you to do. So that makes sense. Now, let me ask you this. So, you know, you, you had a fantastic college career. You're in the NBA right now. But what's your long-term plan? Like, if you were looking five, ten years from now, have you thought about that and what you want to do? No, I want to – no, I definitely want to play, like, you know, 10, 10 plus years or 10 years in the league, you know, just have a successful, be that guy that everyone's like, 
dang, you know, Gary Clark didn't get drafted, but he just found a way to, you know, stay relevant. And, you know, on a roster, constantly having an NBA contract, you know, and, and not just like some, you know, just like small contract, just like an actual role on every team. Mm-hmm. You know, every team I'm on, I want to be a part of it in a way where, you know, we're talking about playoffs and, you know, Western Conference or Eastern Conference, wherever I am, and there's been an impact on the floor. And in 10 years, when it's time for me, like, possibly, you know, retire or, you know, whatever it is, people can always remember me as, you know, Gary, you know, fought throughout every step of the way. And he maintained on a current roster throughout the whole year, mm-hmm. his whole career. No doubt. Now, if, let's say you play, what's LeBron's going into, what, his 16th season? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, so let's say you're fortunate enough to play that long. 16 seasons let's say you then retire you're still a young guy LeBron's going to retire at some point soon he's still a young guy therefore there's a lot more life to live and there's a lot more things for you to do have you thought about that from a business standpoint are there things you want to do business-wise own restaurants you know have your own you know shoe line big baller brand or whatever whatever it might be have you thought about that I have. So my AU coach that I, you know, that pretty much put the ball in my hand in sixth grade is an old, you know, he's an old white man named Irving Smith. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, he lives in Clayton, North Carolina. And uh, he had, him and his brother has a ton of land and all these businesses. They own basically all of Clayton, pretty much. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he, he took me through his whole, like, his farm. You know, they, they're like doing cows now. So they have, like, you know, their own meat. And they just breed cows and they put them on all this land they have. And, you know, that's just one thing that I've, like, really been, like, interested in the last couple, like, the last year or so. It's just, like, that that part of it where people, you know, in my area probably of, like, career wouldn't think about, you know, investing in cows. Like, all you see is meat. Right. You know, you know, you need land and just different things that, like, cows come from and, like, bring to the table. And it's just something crazy, but, like, you know, him explaining it to me, and I'm like, dang, there's a lot of actual, like, money in this. You know, you put a lot of money in it to get started, but, like, once you get rolling, it's, like, constant, 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 uh, you know, income. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? That That's great you're thinking like that. And I'm sure if you talk to Chris Paul, you know, he will tell you the things that he's involved with now business-wise that are going to play out when he retires in a couple years. So, you know, keep keep thinking and keep developing as many things as you as you run across you might walk into some place and go man i need to i need to get involved with this or i need to get involved with that ask questions and stuff so that's that's good now let me ask you about advice for young up-and-coming players because there's there's a lot of kids gary that are are in high school and they all want to play division one basketball you know that you've been there you know so you're like my 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 dream is to play D1, D1. Now, for you, it happened. For others, it doesn't. What advice would you give a young person in high school? Um, both, you know, it could be basketball. It could be, it could be life. Um, I think just in general, like, gym like the gym wasn't a huge thing for me when I was in high school because like I had all like so much other stuff I wanted to do like my high school coach always used to try to tell me like 
you need to get in the gym, you need to get in the gym. Like, I was in there, but I wasn't in there nearly as much as I should be. So it was like, like if I can go back and do one thing extra, that would be it. Like, I would be in the gym so much more. You know, young guys don't believe in it because they want to do this, do that, but it's like you can't have enough time put into the gym working on your craft, whether it's jump shots. If you can't shoot, if you rebounding, like, you know, doing things that, like, if you whatever you hear people tell you you need to do, call a college coach. Ask him, like, what do you see, like, in my game that I need to work on that I can become an actual, like, college player? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of kids don't do that. It is, like, let me just do my thing. Give me a ball, and I'm going to do my thing. Like, no, don't just be good enough to be good at your high school. Like, ask college coaches several Don't ask just one. Ask the team that really likes you. Ask the team that really don't care that's not interested in you. Just get different forms and ways to figure out, like, what you can get better in and then go get better in those things. And then that way, you know, you give, you're you giving yourself a shot to actually go to college. And and what you just said right there can be applied to life after basketball. You can apply that to anything you do in life. You've got to work. you got to grind. Whether it's playing basketball, getting in the gym, you know, or if it's, you know, whatever you do in life. So that's that's great advice. So now I want to talk about two topics, Gary, two of my favorite topics. We're going to talk about okay. shoes, and we're going to talk about music real quick, okay? You ready? Okay. Now, you're playing on a team right now. The shoe game's tough. P.J. Tucker is a yes. Hall of Famer in the shoe game, right? Yes. CP3. Deep in the shoe game. The beard. The beard's got his own line with Adidas. What's your shoe game like, Gary? My shoe game is weak right now. <laughs> I mean, my Jordan, I got it like, I got it. When I was in college, my Jordan game was like, it was decent. But as far as like now, I haven't bought a pair of shoes in like over a year. Maybe two years. My last pair of shoes, I think, was the All Red, uh, the All Red 11. Yep. It's probably like, maybe, like, it was probably last year. So before, but before then, like, it's been a while. Uh-huh. So, like, you know, now, you know, my income's probably going to be a little different. I'll have a different sources of kind of getting jade because I wear 16, so it's not like the easiest <laughs> to get up there. But now I have, like, you know, two guys, you know, sponsored by, got shoes with Jordan, and I got, you know, PJ. So I got a little bit more resources to try to get some kicks. No doubt, and you got Mello. Mello's got a contract. Yeah, Mello. Man, that's a that's a heavy that's a heavy shoe game team right there. So what are you playing in right now? I'm playing in Under Armour because you know college. I you know I left you know Cincinnati with all the shoes that I had with Under Armour, what I'm comfortable in. So you know right now my agent's still trying to finalize a deal with them to try to get them to you know see what they can do with me, but. As of now, you know, I'm a free agent, but I'm, you know, wearing Under Armour. So, you know, after training camp, you know, next week or so, I'll know if I'm Under Armour or not. If I'm not Under Armour, then I'll definitely be a free agent and probably just wear Jordans. Okay. Nice. Isn't that crazy, Gary, how much the shoes have become a part of the NBA from a business standpoint? I mean, P.J. Tucker purposely walks into every game holding a pair of shoes so people see it. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. see, you see these pictures, and and Chris Chris Paul has a you know a million dollar deal with Brand Jordan, 
in a hard million dollar deal with Adidas. I mean, the the, the money from from shoes to just you know apparel, all that stuff in the NBA is just crazy, man. It is. It really is. All right, let's talk about music. All right, so just recently, Lil Wayne put out the Carter Five. The the everybody the the much anticipated Carter Five. I guess it was supposed to come out before it came out, and people were upset it didn't drop, and then finally it dropped. Did you listen to it? I listened to a couple songs the guys play to, but I haven't listened to it through and through for myself. Yeah, but I will. I plan on doing it probably here in the next couple of days. I've been on my own little way right now of, you know, what I'm listening to, but, you know, I'm still I'm still going to give it a chance. There's tw- now, there's 23 songs on there. You said you're going to listen to a couple. You got you got a long way to go. <laughs> you got I'm done. A lot of tracks. So who, so who are you listening to? Like, so pregame, you're preparing for a game you guys play tomorrow, right? Who do you play? Um, Memphis. You play Memphis. Okay, so pregame, you're getting prepared, you're getting hyped up. Who's Gary Clark listening to? Gary, you there? Lost you. I think we lost Gary here for a second. Hello? Hopefully. Gary, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. We lost you there a little bit. So, who who are you listening to pregame? I have a ritual. I listen to three gospel songs, and then I usually go transition straight into, like, you know, uh, um, I'm right now. I'm like Little Baby and Gunner are like my two like top guys right now. Okay. Like they dropping an album in four days, and that's you know that's what I listen to right now. And uh, I'm a Meek Mill. I'm a huge Meek Mill guy. Really? You know, anything he drops, like, I immediately go get it. I don't care if people say it's trash. Like I'm like nah. Like I'll go get it, and I'll tell you if it's trash or not. So what did you think when when Meek Mill and Drake were going back and forth, and and Drake was kind of getting at him and 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 Meek just, he just kind of shut down. How'd you feel about Meek at that point? I just kind of feel like it's probably the best because, like, Drake just had his fan base is just crazy. Like, it is. there was no winning that battle, no matter if he would have, like, crushed him with a, with a, with a single, like, a, a song. Because it's, like, one of those things that like, he sings, Drake sings and rap. So he got, like, he got all the, the dudes and he got all the females and he got all the people that's in between. <laughs> You just got pretty much, like, you know, all the dudes. Right. So therefore, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying, just, you know, say what you got to say and then get out of there, you know, and just stop and find. Right. So I, I, I was happy when he just stopped. So so you, you recently went to a Drake concert, right? Uh-huh. You were at Drake's concert, right? Yeah, yesterday or t- Saturday. Okay. How was it? It was good. It was really good, actually. Like, Migos are out first. And then he came out, and it was one of those things where it's like every song I knew it, and I was singing it. So it was a good experience. Wait, 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 wait! You said you were singing. Are you a good singer, Gary? I'm terrible, terrible. <laughs> now, 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 Drake just brought uh, he brought Meek Mill out, a couple concerts. He did. I posted that on my story. I was like, so I was geeking because like that was one of those things. Like those are two of my favorite rappers. Finally, you know, at peace. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That needed that needed to happen, and I think a joint a joint album should be coming soon. Don't you think so? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. 
Now, now there's there's a rapper you probably will see quite a bit at the games, and that's Travis Scott. He's a big Rockets fan, right? Yeah, he was at practice today. He was at man. Hey, listen, it, man, do not let that dude shoot like any jump shots, man. <laughs> His jump shot is awful. It's terrible. How did you did you get to talk to him? Nah, I did. We were in and out. We practiced. He watched a little bit of practice and then he left. Okay. And I know he stayed. He stayed. I had to leave to go get my stuff. He stayed and got shot. So him, Quavo, and a couple other guys. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see that one on one. Him and Quavo. I gotta see that. Right. Hey, so um, so I've got a good friend here in Cincinnati. My my good friend. I went to high school with him. His name is Seth Coyle. And, and Seth and I are huge, like, NBA guys. Like, we are up late watching NBA games, texting each other, uh, just huge NBA fans. And we usually, we usually go to um, Indiana Pacers games and, and, and check out games. So when you guys come to play the Pacers, my buddy Seth and I will be there. So we got to connect okay. up. Ooh, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. We definitely got to do that. So, hey, man, I'm uh, wishing you the best of luck. I know you're going to get it done. You've done it over and over your entire career. And I always say, never bet against people that have just found ways. Every level, they've been successful. And you've been that, Gary. I will never bet against you. And I know you're going to be successful. So, Wishing you the best of luck, my Bearcat brother. I appreciate that, Meech. I really do. Thank you for having me on your show. No problem at all, man. And we're going to definitely catch up in Indianapolis, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, Gary. Take care. You That was Gary Clark. And I, I'm telling you right now, and I've been around Bearcat basketball for a long time, um, Gary Clark is not only a class act, he's definitely one of the top five Bearcats to, to ever put on a uniform in my lifetime. And I, and I mean that just from a guy who starts his season opener, ends up in the 1,000-1,000 club with points and rebounds, the way he conducted himself on the court and off the court. Um, just, just an incredible, incredible human being. So I wish... Wish him nothing but the best. And listen, we've we've knocked out three great basketball insider podcasts between Nick Campbell, Ryan Custer, and now Gary Clark. Where do we go from here? I've got some tricks up my sleeve. I have a lot more guests coming on the Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast. And we're getting close to basketball season. NBA just started. Um, high school and college is, is right around the corner, so I've got a lot of guests, and just it's, it's going to be, trust me, I got this all mapped out. Just trust me. So I'd like to bring back in the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, a.k.a. Hove, 99 problems. 